0: Hey everyone, it's Michael. If you haven't heard, we've just launched the new Union Pro Mentors program where you can take office hours with pro players from top leagues, get world-class coaching, do mindset workshops, have video breakdown sessions, get help with college recruiting, join parent education portals, and so much more, all exclusively for goalkeepers. It all launches Monday, October 23rd, so be sure to join Union Premium risk-free to take advantage of all there is to offer. Go to unionsports.com/slash join or the Union GK community on Apple or Google Play Stores. Thanks again for making the Union possible and on with the show. Oh! Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Magid live from Hollywood, California. With me, no 99 World Cup winner, Suskia Weber, because she's getting ready for the parents goalkeeping town hall tonight on the Union uh, goalkeeping app. But uh, we got somebody that can fill in her shoes pretty darn well. We have the one and only making his triumphant return to Inside the 18, the one and only Connor Brennan of Rangers Football Club and Northern Ireland. Connor, what's up, man? How are you?
1: All good, Michael. Well, then, um, I'm certainly not a World Cup winner, but um, I'll try my best <laughs> to, to, to fill big boots anyway. Um, so, yeah, so I'm keeping okay. I'm keeping good. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Well, I mean, dude, I mean, first off, you know, before we kind of get into the whole episode today, and we're going to be talking about, you know. Prepping for tournaments and, and showcases and all those different things. Uh you've had a lot going on, man, uh in, in the last year. I mean, uh, first off, I mean, obviously all, all the different badges that you've been getting. It's like, I mean, you know, at what point at what point are you gonna be start, you know, teaching all these badges? Because it seems like you know every course now.
1: <laughs> no, certainly. I, I think in the last year, uh Michael made the decision to come away from playing football completely, so we've to sort of Hang up the boots and gloves from a playing perspective, um, but it's sort of made me more hungry to become a, a better coach and, and give me more time to sort of develop myself as a person and, and, and sort of dive into goalkeeping um, even more. So it has been a change, it's been a transition for me. And um, When I look at my schedule now and I look at what I do, I generally don't know how I've, I've balanced both for such a long period of time. When I look at the demands now, especially of the goalkeeping coach, But um, so that's that's happened, Um, and I've also obviously, I think that we spoke about previously that I've took on an adult role, um, as well as working with Rangers. I'm now working with Northern Ireland on the nineteenth. So um, that's that's something exciting going forward as well. And um, and yeah, just trying to do as much as I can um, and speak to as much people as I can. And, you know, I, I think you're on the on the same boat whenever we talk about that. Yeah, you can never really stop learning and, and speaking to people and visiting clubs and going on courses. I, I think it's really, really important. And and I, and I can't emphasize much how, how, how valuable it's been to me in the last sort of 12 months.
0: You know, and I think, you know, one of the really, really cool things about that, you know, Connor, is that not only are you in one environment, but you're in multiple environments. And I, I encourage a lot of young goalkeeper coaches, not saying you're a young goalkeeper coach because you're a veteran grizzled goalkeeper coach by now. But, but I, I encourage a lot of young goalkeeper coaches to work in different environments at the same time so it doesn't become stagnated or becomes very cultish. You know, you want to make sure that you're getting outside perspectives. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think you need to challenge yourself. Um, I, I think sometimes you, if you spend too long in, in one environment, if you want to call it, you, you can become comfortable. It's, it's probably the word that you can use and, and getting out there and seeing how people do things. That, you know, I, I don't I don't believe that there's there's one correct way of doing something. And this is it. Um, there's an old saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but it's important that, that, that you do add traits to, to, to what you can bring in your values as a coach and, and going out there and challenge yourself and, and meeting new people and, and trying out new things, especially for people who are working in an academy environment or working with kids. Um, you know, the, the amount of times I enjoy trying stuff, um, sometimes it fails, sometimes it works, uh, and that way I, I know what, how I can adapt or change that going forward. Um, at first team level, I think it's a wee bit different. I don't think you can get away with trying as much um, but certainly in an academy environment and certainly working um with kids and certainly working in, in schools or environments, definitely go and try things. Don't be good to, to to try new things.
0: You know, it, it's interesting that you said that right there. And then obviously, um, you know, I think the cat's out of the bag. I think a lot of people know this already. But, you know, you're going to be one of the, the the new pro mentors on on, on the Union Goalkeeping app. And uh, I've been doing a lot of sessions uh, in, in the last week. And shout out to all the, the different people, the young coaches, the players, uh, the parents that I've met with during office hours. Um, a lot of them bringing different perspectives because I'm dealing with youth players that I never would have gotten a hold of you know, if it weren't for, you know, it weren't for this, you know, this program, um, and, uh, and parents, you know, that, that their kids have come up in a, in a very different environment and young coaches who've had different experiences than myself. And, and I think, you know, that's one of the really cool things about goalkeeping is that it, it's a small enough community that it's able to, we're able to connect with so many different types of people. Whereas in with the outfield world, I mean, there's, there, there's, I mean, God! I mean, there's what, what thousands and thousands of outfield players just just in your region alone.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, Mike, and I, and I do believe that the goalkeeping is a, a sport within a sport, if you want to call it. And there is something about us that 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 almost goes and and, and we do stick together quite a lot in d- different cultures and, and coming together, male, female, regardless of what it is. I I feel as if even though we're such a small group, we are such a big big union when it comes to. Sticking together and 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 going out our way to to make people feel comfortable and and I, I think that's highly important and, and parents have a have a massive influence in that, um especially with your, with the kids and that as well and and hopefully the way things are going with the app and and things that are up and coming that, that we can see this continue to grow and grow.
0: You know, I, I think, you know, one of the things that about you is that obviously you were playing at a very competitive level at the same time as you were coaching. And 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 that's obviously very difficult to do for a lot of people. Um, do you think it gave you a different perspective, you know, in your coaching journey than people who just gave up playing years ago and then went into coaching?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things in there for me. One, one of them being that allowed me to become a better goalkeeper because I was able to implement it. Stuff in my own game that I was seeing on my on my coaching journey through other people and through myself that helped me, and I felt that helped the team that I was playing with. Um, also, one of the other things as well is that it 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 proved to myself that I was still good enough and still able to do two things at the one time at, at such a high level, and that was something that was massive for me. Um, and I finished playing my career and I'm not going to say a good standard, but I managed to, to play in the SPFL every single league from the Premier League right down to League Two and the lower League. So for me, that's something I was proud of and be able to do it while I coach full time is something that that I'm happy about. And also to guide and help the young players, Michael, that, that, that I was coaching. So I think I spoke to you before about an example that I was actually playing against some of the goalkeepers that I was coaching because they managed to go on to <laughs> the same league. I was planning and it's funny and it's good, but I found that quite a proud moment while I'm working with them during the week and I'm seeing them about the building and you know, it, it creates a culture and it creates a competitiveness as well. Cause they want to be better than me and I want to be better than them. So I, I found that highly beneficial.
0: You know, and I think the really cool thing about that too, and I, I remember we did discuss this is a simple fact is that um, they show show that you're not just preaching concept. You're, you're actually putting it into practice and, and yeah. I think there's something really valuable with that. With I And I, that's why I encourage a lot of young goalkeepers out there to, you know, and obviously, you know, I, I don't want to just discuss, you know, the mentor program for the union, but to connect with, with players as well, too, and not, not just, not just coaches, because there might be a little bit of an empathy there, uh, that they might not get from a coach. So if you, if you have a, a local college player in your neighborhood or, or a local pro or anything like that, and you can develop a relationship, you know, I I think that's going to be incredibly massive um do, do you do you have any examples of that by any chance o- o- over in uh, Scotland
1: um I think one of the things about that I found is is that I felt as if people reached out to you so something that I felt as if because I played the game at a good level I felt as if they were able to trust you because what you were saying they, they took it gospel because you've been there and done it to a certain extent so I felt as if the advice and the and the feedback that you were giving them, regardless of the situation, it was, it, they really took it on board and they, and they really listened to it. Um, that That's probably one example. Um, another example is is that based on my past experience, if somebody else is going through that same scenario, that you can give them advice. And it, sometimes, Michael, it might be a case of, by the way, this is what i done in your situation, but it didn't work out for me. So have a think about A, B, and C, and sometimes their moments. Sometimes I think can can really help young young kids coming through as well.
0: I you know I love I love what you just said about that because I think a lot of times as as goalkeeper coaches, a lot of times, especially as a young go- coach, you know you know you kind of bring up, you know your your past with rose colored glasses to the players. And you go, oh, you know, and I did this and blah, blah, blah. And as opposed to kind of focusing on like those actions that weren't successful and why they weren't successful or, or those decisions that you made that weren't successful. And I think a lot of young players can, can grow from that. If coaches are secure enough in themselves to understand that this is a learning environment for everybody and that we're there for them to learn. And they're going to learn more from learning about our mistakes than they are from our accolades.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that, Michael, and and one of the things that I've spoke to goalkeepers about in the past is that if you think about a circle of people around you, you're in the middle of that, so you might have your coach, you might have your agent, your mum, your dad, um, somebody's opinion that you really value, so you've got five or six different people in that support support network around you, Um, and at the end of the day, we can all advise them based on our own experiences. Um, you know, if you're talking about kids that are 18, 19, 20, they're moving into that adulthood, if you want to call it, and sometimes they need to make their own decisions. But we what we can do is advise them and, and it's a case of absorbing them six, seven different opinions from different people and them going right back. this is the decision I'm making based on that. So as long as you can guide and help them on that, I think it's I think it's key. I,
0: I think you know one one of the things that you brought up right there in regards to like when 17, 18 and you're starting to make your own decisions and everything is like I've started recognizing, you know, through my coaching journey, that sometimes I just have to let them make the mistakes, and because they're never going to learn unless they make the mistakes. And so, do 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 you feel that there's a lot of coaches out there that that micromanage not just on the, the the technical and tactical, but also on like the the actual journey of like going on loan or signing with this team and and we say no you're not supposed to do this and blah 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 and if you go back to when you were 18 or 19 you would have made the exact same decision they did and they just have to go through that experience before before they're willing to to kind of listen what, what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah no 100 percent, agree with that michael and certainly that age and stage when they are big enough and old enough to make their own decisions um i think sometimes them making the wrong decisions can sometimes benefit them later on down the line. Um, If I sort of narrow that really, really down to to basically scope, it would be along the lines. Of, I've put a session on the set the goalkeeper up the field, and sometimes that's not a bad thing because I'm, I'm looking at how he's reacting. I'm looking at how he is emotionally in the goal, and I know for a fact he's not going to make many saves within the session, but I want to see how he handles it. Um, so sometimes setting somebody up the field within a session has a, has a benefit later on down the line. Um, so it's definitely something that, that, um, that the people can play about with.
0: You know, and I think, you know, one of the things is, is that, you know, obviously you've worked with different age groups and everything, but like a lot of the times we think that at the older age groups, that they should already be past making these mistakes type of a thing and we go oh you know at seven eight nine let them explore and then at 17 18 and 19 you're grilling them and grilling them and grilling them i've started realizing that if i start grilling a 17 and 18 and 19 year old i'm not really preparing them to be those autonomous goalkeepers at the professional level um and as you know you know you playing yourself too that you make a couple you make a couple decisions that you're iffy about you waffle and next thing you know, the goal's, the goal's in the back of the net. You know, you're know, you better off being decisive and being quote-unquote wrong in the action than, than being indecisive and being caught between two worlds.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well, Michael. And one of the things that, that I think back to my playing career, and I remember working with a goalkeeping coach at the time, and what he did say to me at the age of 16, 17, I was probably about 15, 16 at the time, was if you are going to make a mistake, make sure it's a positive one. And he made me think about, well, what is a positive mistake? So an example that he would give for me is, well, if you're coming for it, if a cross is put in the box and it's a decision to come, I don't mind you coming. If your technique's wrong and it leads the goal, that's fine. At least you've made a mistake. At least you've made a positive mistake by coming anyway. So if you are going to make a mistake, make sure it's a positive one. But from a coaching perspective, I believe if you create the environment that allows mistakes to happen by challenging people, I think over a long period of time, I think you'll see kids continue to grow and develop within that. But from a coaching perspective, if you don't create that environment and they're nervous and anxious and they're worried about what the coach is going to say to them after a mistake, for me, that's wrong. So if you create that environment, I, I think that has a lot to do with it.
0: So let's, uh, let's, let's get into that topic because, you know, th- this is, this is a really good segue into today's topic and that is preparing for tournaments and and showcases. Um, when we talk about mistakes, Connor, you know, the stakes are higher in a short form tournament or showcase than they are in your regular season environment. So maybe for some parents out there who are listening, who, who don't know what we mean by the differences between the two, wh- why don't you kind of, in a nutshell, explain the differences.
1: Sorry, Michael, you just cut out there. Could you just explain that? Sorry, one more time. I just lost the speech.
0: Yeah. No, no worries. So uh maybe for some parents out there who uh who are listening who might not be familiar with what we refer to by a, a short form tournament or showcase versus your regular season uh you know club environment, what are kind of some of the key differences that, that they need to hear about?
1: Yeah, I, I think one of them, Michael, would be with tournament football, I think you're going into almost you're going into the unknown to an extent. Um so for me within your season of its pre-season over a series of time, there's almost a physical demand on basically what you're doing at your club and um, for for you to develop and prog- progress For me, tournament football really going into the unknown football, it could be a, a game every day. So how do you manage and handle a game every day? It could be a a four day training camp and then a game to finish at the end and almost how you how you tweak that, how do you how do you develop that? Based on this instance, for me, I know what we're talking about here is international football v club football. And for me, that that's different over um, over a period of time. For me, I'm going to work with goalkeepers now on this camp that maybe I haven't seen for three, uh, probably the guts of two months. So for me, then, what have I seen in September that I'm now going to see in November? So I'm going eight weeks without actually seeing them active. So there's a couple of differences in there compared to sort of club football, Michael. Um, just on your screen there, what you're talking about really is basically how I detail it in terms of what I do before, during and after a a camp. So this is an example of what we're doing with the camp that we're meeting up with in November, which is in two weeks' time. Um, So before it, I'm obviously looking at monitoring game time. So the goalkeepers who are going to be involved within this um, in their squad selection and almost an opposition report who we're going to play and and what detail do I have on them. So this is the stuff I'm probably doing now. And then in two weeks' time, when I'm almost in the camp and, and we're living it and breathing, and it's almost managing the group and um, managing the individual. And one of the things that might be is you might have a goalkeeper who you know is going to play. You might have a goalkeeper who isn't going to play. Um, you might have another goalkeeper who is almost there for training. So how are you managing that and how are you preparing the goalkeepers based on that as a group and as an individual? Um, is one of the things, I, Michael, so...
0: I got a question about about that, Connor. So when you are, as a coach, when you are preparing for a tournament, do you make that decision prior to training day one in regards to the selection of who's going to be the number one, or do you wait for the camp environment to determine who's going to be the number one?
1: I think it's a combination of both, Michael. Um, I, we've all had discussion as staff of on the selection process of who, who we think should be in the squad. Uh, we have an idea of the plan, but that then goes back to, if you look at that Mike, that middle bubble there, Michael, it says adaptation, which is massive yeah. in football. Um, so something might be sprung on us in the camp that we might need to change, whether that's injury or something might happen. Um, but we do have an idea of, of how we want to go about things. Um, but that's not to say that that plan is going to work after the 10 days. We might need to change or adapt something within that. So I have an idea in my head. But that is not set in stone because, based on experience, the idea that I've had in my head at a different tournament or previously, I've had to change there and then. So I think that comes with experience and comes with having that having that bit previously.
0: I just think, you know, like when we're talking about that, and obviously now we're looking at, at schedules and everything like that. I think that a lot of times also it becomes to the the, the profile of the goalkeeper in regards to the age level that you're talking about if you're talking about a 17 year old boy versus a 23 year old man you know it it might be a different conversation and how you how you go about that um also you know like the variables that come into play with with younger players that don't come in with older players you've got a little bit more of a of an of an understanding of how they they deal with these environments because you've seen them before um you know i i i mean obviously you know their fitness level coming in, I, I'm assuming is something that, that comes into play too. Like you might, you know, have an idea that a player is going to be, you know, your select, you know, your selection, they come into camp and they're not as fit and ready and tournaments are again, short form sprints basically.
1: Yeah, Now, of course I, I agree with that, Michael. And also based on when you talk about sort of the, the valuables coming into play, even, even as a player, for me, The environment is is something that I spoke about previously. But, you know, based on this example that we're looking at, we went to Italy. So it's almost embracing the culture as well. So you're now taking them out in an environment that they're comfortable in the club to now training in a different environment with a different coach. And that time was our first time together as a staff. So it was almost a new beginning for players and staff. So, you know, it's it's almost getting to know and understand each other as well, understand what each other are good at and and how we can drive and, and push each other as a group. Um, one of the things as well, Michael, about tournament football for me is almost filling fill your time wisely, um, especially in international football. Um, there can be a lot of spare time, um, especially towards the, the, the end of camps, and you know when the training is done and, and what we're doing at night. And you know sometimes being part of being a, an elite professional is, is knowing and learning how to recover when you do have downtime. Um, especially in different countries, where when you're not used to eating the food and you're not used to basically being out your club environment, so it's, it's almost about adapting and and being able to see that. And from a coaching perspective, it's for me, it's seeing who's willing to do that and and seeing who who is struggling and knowing who's doing that and how you can how you can help them and guide them with that.
0: See, I love what you just said right there because those those are the variables that a lot of the times you know, young coaches don't think about, you know, or young players don't even think about like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be jet lagged uh, because I'm in a completely different time zone um, that I'm used to. Um, I had to bring my books with me and, you know, I've got to find a way to, to, to manage my, you know, manage my schoolwork at the same time as as being in this, in this tournament. Um, I may be in a country where I don't speak the language and, and because of that, I can't just go off on my own to go grab a snack in the middle of the night because it's, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. Um, You know, these are all really good points that you brought in and it actually makes me think about how many goalkeepers actually can be more successful in an environment. That's the unknown because they don't get in their head because everything's brand new.
1: Yeah. Now, of course uh, for me, Michael, an example, that is the world cup. I know we're talking about the the top, top level, but for me, an example, that is the world cup in terms of, you've been away in a hotel with the same people for a month. You've not seen your wife, you've not seen your kids. You're you're, you're on the other side of the world. And how, you, how are you managing that? Especially if you go all the way to the final, you know, and, and there comes a point where we, it, it can be quite daunting. It can, it, it, it can be a tough, tough experience. And filling that time, like I said, sometimes can be hard. Um, so yeah, just just on your screen there, Michael, that, that's just it's almost the training detail. That basically okay. how I worked throughout that trip. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough that we had a three-day lead-in before the game in Italy, so you know that was my basically my time to to have a look at, at what was selected, to have a look at what we have done. Um, and for me, it was it was a really really positive trip. But for me, international football, Michael's is, is a lot of tactical stuff, a lot of team-based stuff, and um, there wasn't a lot of time for work if you want to call it. And the lads would definitely have worked 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 harder at the club than they did when they came away. Um, but for me, it's important that we prepare them for, for, for that game on the Thursday against Dudley, and, and what we do in the lead up to that.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, when, we're, when, we're talking about this here, as we kind of, we, we kind of move, move through here, I mean, this is, by the way, this is all very specific and everything like that. Do you, do the players get all of this or is this more just for the coaches?
1: Yeah, well, this is sort of my planning, too, Michael. So I've okay. created this and done all this myself. But at the end of the trip, the players will get feedback. Um, I do send feedback off to the clubs. So I've built a relationship with the goalkeeping coaches at the club. Um, and this gets sent to them on what the goalkeeper's done. Uh, and basically as well, so when he does go back, they know exactly what days he's trained, how many sessions he's done, and exactly what he's done, and a report on feedback on, on what I've seen and what I've identified. Um, it's up to then the club if if they want to hand that over to the player and sit down with them but basically after the last game I would normally have a debrief with the goalkeepers anyway and, and talk through um, how they are and it's important that you keep that relationship if, if we're going to work together over the next period of time so yeah so so, let's get into
0: the match reports here that you that you share with them because I think you know I think one of the really great things about short form tournaments when when players go on international duty or you know or, or showcasing you know um, uh, with with different coaches that they don't work with regular in their club environment is that you know you're you're unbiased you, you know you because you don't you don't live and you know eat sleep and you know w- with these people every day day in and day out so you're kind of kind of coming out with a fresh eyes so. These match reports that you're giving are extremely honest from your standpoint without any, without any bias of, of, you know, you know, with your, your club players, you're like, well, yeah, shot stopping wasn't here, but I I also know that blah, blah, blah was dealing with the blah, blah, blah. So this is more just purely on the technical and tactical, right?
1: Yeah. Well, well, this is just an example, Mike. Obviously I've took the game out and and I've took various things out just um, because I didn't want to put that in, but this is based on basically what I've seen within the game. Um every time a goalkeeper touches a ball, we'll fall into one of them four categories and, the, and that's what I work on when it comes to analysis and uh, and debriefing reports. So shot stopping, Dana is the distribution, defending the space. Um and that is basically broken down into sort for sort of four corners. And that is individually and collectively as a as a team and, and his role within that sort of in possession and out of possession. So you know I'll sit down with them and, and I'll speak to them through that. One of the challenges that I'm going to have in November is we've got three games in 10 days. So for me, the most important game in international football is probably the next one, especially if you talk about tournament football. So I probably won't spend as much time on these things as I did in Italy when we only had one game in September. So it's getting the balance. So whenever we play, say we play on the Friday, I think the next game is on the Monday. So for me, the Saturday is really the only time when you can sort of basically... Get time to develop and uh, and look at that, and then the Saturday you're back into your match day minus one, and then the games on the on the Monday. So there there isn't a lot of time, so it's just managing that and not overloading them with information. I think it's important that you get your balance as well.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think I think I love what you just said about not overloading them with information because I think a lot of times with a lot of young coaches when when they first get in a camp environment, you know, a tournament environment, um, they try to give too much to the goalkeepers when it's a short amount of time that they're going to be with them. And all it does is just get them in their heads and confused, you know? So do you have to kind of like, how do you pick and choose? Like what, what information is relevant and what's not relevant for, for the environment?
1: For me, Michael, sometimes less is more. (laughs) Um, And it's picking your times of when to give that information. If it's something that needs fixed there and then and, and it's an action that, that it needs to be quick and sharp, it might be something where I need to give them a bit of detail on the pitch because it's really important. I really like using my breaks at half time to give them bits and pieces, drip feeding them stuff. But after the game is probably the time where you almost get to sit down and, and that becomes a 15, 20 minute chat. And I would always get their thoughts first and it becomes almost a two-way thing. For me, it's important. It's, it's not about me going, you need to do this. So you need to do that. I need two-way um and I, and I think it helps them develop and and open up more and and build a relationship for me, which is key when I'm working with my goalkeepers so that, that that's sort of how i how I would work if you if you climb up the levels, sometimes when you play in stadiums and there's thousands and thousands of people, they don't hear the detail on the pitch, so that is why your training days are so important because when it comes to playing in front of fifty thousand people, he's not going to hear me shout instruction on the pitch. So that's why your training detail needs to be spot on, and your information before, during, as in halftime and after game needs to be key because you don't get the time within the game.
0: Yeah, you know, I never even thought about that. That's a that's a great, that's a great great thing to say in regards to like every environment is going to be different that you're playing in, and if you're in an environment where you're not going to be listening, like you need to prepare for that. If you're playing in high altitude, you need to prepare for that. You know, you need to prepare for these different things that sometimes we don't even, we don't even think about. Um, I'm sure there's certain environments, you know, Connor in, in, in Scotland where the, the fans behind the goal, that's an, that's a variable. That's a variable. Um, And and if you're talking about bringing in an Academy kid uh, into the first team, you know, and and playing for the first time in that, that's probably something they're not used to. You know, they're used to playing in front of, you know, mom and dad and uh, and a few friends type of a thing. So that's, That's got to be a thing. Um, I want to talk about this here because, you know, we're talking about these variables that come into play. I found that sometimes players will play better in a tournament uh, when they're playing with their, their youth national team. Uh, because even though the stakes are high, it's not their peers as it's not the, the kids that they're play with day in and day out. So they have a certain amount of freedom to just play. Without overthinking about what so and so going to think about me if I don't play them the ball. What if I do this? What if I do that? Do, do, have you experienced that?
1: Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean, Michael. And and for me, sometimes kids coming out of that come into their come out of their comfort zone, sorry, and go into it. And, and I think especially in international football or, or tournaments that you're meeting up with your counties or whatever. Sometimes you're seeing your best mate again that you met in school. And sometimes you're, you're seeing your old teammate um, that, that you haven't seen in, in two years by coming into your squad. And and I think that bit's important when it brings people together. And there's something about Northern Ireland for me that, that just gels people together and makes them stick because it's in our nature. And all of a sudden, then somehow that just lifts the whole group. Um, and for me, if I look at my job as a coach, when I'm working with two, three goalkeepers on these trips, so again, I've put down the side, but one of my first jobs is to, is to support them first and foremost as a person. And then my next bit is then kind of educate them as a coach, kind of drip feed them just wee bits of detail that if it's one thing within that period that they can go back to the club and almost try and implement into their training. Uh, relationships for me is massive because I need people to enjoy themselves. I need them to have fun and then learn um, because we all want to learn and we all want to improve. And, and that's me as well. That's not just them, Michael. So, you know, that, that's me as well. Um and and hopefully, if we get them things right and them fundamentals come into place, it creates a culture where people want to be successful and, and and want to help each other out. So that's the reason why that that's my why. That's why I do it.
0: Okay, that no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I wanna I wanna throw this up here right here. I wanna show some of your you know you know uh, footage. So this is this is from this is from Rangers. This is the academy training, and then we're gonna look at Northern Ireland here. Obviously, with with Rangers you've got a lot more time with these players. Um, and this is a session where you're incorporating the field players, which I'm I'm assuming before we kind of get into this in a short form tournament, incorporating the, the field players as much as possible is, 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 is necessary. Right. Because you're going right into games.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something that we've been toying with Michael and, and playing with. And for me, it, it shows, you know, I'm not just a goalkeeping coach that, 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 that the that the other coaches see my value of going and taking four or five players within a session and and almost looking at, at what they can do you know an example of this session is that I had four goalkeepers and I'm working on cutbacks and crossing but I've also got two wingers and I've got two strikers in there who need to work on their movement and they need to work on the delivery so why not bring it together and why not implement it rather than having the goalkeepers serving that I can actually bring it to life um and that was something that that um that we sat down and spoke about and the feedback's been brilliant from the goalkeepers. It's been brilliant from the players, and and the coaches really enjoyed it. So, it was something that that we're going to try and do more often, depending on you know the days of the week and and where we are from a scheduling point of view. So, yeah, that's sort of how it um, how it sort of developed and and grew. So let's uh let, let's go a
0: little bit into this footage right here after we we kind of go into here. So show us so what 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 is what is taking place right here first off in this picture.
1: Yeah, so all I'm looking for, Michael, is is the goalkeeper to come down the line of the ball to deal with a serve from me on the angle, which is a half volley. When he deals with that, there's almost a second phase, so it's almost a cross, so it's a combination down the side. So I'm looking at the goalkeeper, Justin, I'm looking at the the strikers crossing over the middle, and then a great bit of goalkeeping is him turning square. So positionally, he took a positive first step to almost cut the ball out, so he takes it away from the two strikers in the middle. But it's live for me. It's it's really important that we train real life, Michael. And, and and this is the game for me. This this is the game. I don't think you can get any more sort of not random, but you know, an example would be a lot of goals. Or if you look at a trend now, a lot of stuff is is cutbacks from outside the width of the six. So that was something that I wanted to to try. I, I wanted to create realism. Um, you know, and 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 for me, this was this was a session design that. I've, I've made up and and uh, looked at based on footage from goals that we've conceded. So, you know, it was, um, it was something that I threw together. Just.
0: No, I, I love it because I, th- I love the fact first off is that, you know, you, you recognize like, this is the game. This is the game. I think a lot of the times, and, and, and a lot of the times, Connor, it's not necessarily the coach's fault because a lot of the times we just don't have the dimensions to do the work that we want to do. So, the fact that Rangers gives you that type of freedom um, to do that is, is, is massive. You know, obviously you're at a big club facilities is probably not an issue. Um, But a lot of people at smaller clubs, you know, it it is an issue. What advice do you give them if they go, yeah, this looks great, but I have, you know, 20 to 30 yards and that's it.
1: One of the things I would always say, Michael, is I get there's people that maybe work on Astros where there's three or four teams. And, but, for me, if I've have to have some even putting out cones to mark out the the dimensions of the pitch for me. So even if you're working with kids, give them a six yard box and give them an eighteen and give them a penalty spot because they know where they are in the goal. I think that's key, and you can mark that out even if you're not working in the in the in the eighteen yard box. That would be one of the things. The other things would be as use as much as you can. So there's days where I've had two goalkeepers, but I've actually used sports scientist for a bounce pass I've used my physio for uh, basically being around and just in the goalkeeper's eye line so he doesn't actually need to be able to kick a ball so can you use a parent to basically pass a ball can you use a parent to be able to throw a ball can stand in the middle just so the goalkeeper can't see so he's having the lean in slightly so there's bodies run the cross so you get some sort of realism so just these wee bits where I've tweaked and changed and added as I've went and you know is there mannequins available where where, you're, where it might take a wee deflection? Can we use a bounce board even though we don't have the numbers, but it'll create a pass and that pass might mean the goalkeeper just adjust slightly two yards, which he will in a game. So there is things for me, Michael, that I've used, even though I've only had two or three bodies.
0: You know, I love what you just said right there, because that's something that, you know, I've, I've, I've done as well too, in regards to the fact, like if I'm, if I'm in like an environment where I'm training in isolation, you know, uh, with a foundational goalkeeper, you know, I'll, I'll pull a parent and they go, Oh, I'm not a footballer. I said, "I, I actually don't need you to be a footballer. If you, I just need you to do these, these specific actions for me to simulate that, just to treat, train that muscle memory for them. In these situations, in these situations, especially at the foundational age. Um, I think one of the toughest challenges, Connor, trying to try to throw it back to to tournaments, especially youth tournaments. Well, a lot of the times, like you said, you you show up and they're like, oh, um, yeah, we we don't have a field for you today, uh, but we have this space behind the hotel that you guys can use uh to prepare for tomorrow. Sorry about that. The other one's under repair or something like that, you know? And, and I, I've been in that environment before. So like, what do you do in that? Because you're like, well, this isn't going to be realistic to what they face tomorrow, but I still need to get the most out of them.
1: Yeah. I, I think the evidence are, are really, really tough, Michael. And and one of the things if you are really, really stuck and it's at the point where you're literally can't train, um, how can you basically Utilize to still prepare the goalkeeper. So can you then spend that extra 20 minutes in the classroom then breaking stuff down and showing them and, and almost maybe going down that route? Does it become, you take them off the pitch and become the classroom session and you do your minimal on the pitch? So we things like that. And, and almost one of the things that I've done as well, Michael, is, is bring the group together in units. So, you know, can we sit down as a back four and goalkeeper and understand what each other want and need at certain moments within a game? So I think you use your windows for them. So you're still educating them and still preparing them. Yeah, it's not ideal. You've turned up and the pitch is flooded. You've turned up and, and you're not you don't have this facility that you want or need, but there's still learning that can take place for me.
0: You know, you you brought up a really good point right there, but in regards to like because I think one of the things that that may be an issue is that if you try to do what you can't do in a limited amount of space or in an environment that's not going to be realistic to what they're playing in the next day, you actually might be doing more harm than good, right?
1: Yep. Yep. No, okay. that's correct. I agree with that. I agree with okay. that.
0: Okay. So like now that kind of gets me back to like tournaments, are they more mental than physical in your opinion?
1: For me, yes, because I believe that you've done your work and the build up to it. Um, so for me, your your physical demand and your fitness and your and your preparation is all done prior to the tournament. So for me, you should really go into that tournament feeling good, feeling fresh. And if you've done your job as as a coach, if you've done your job, then really, for me, your learning takes place in the moment within the tournament. You don't really need to coach or educate your kid on the on the day. It's it's something that that they should strive on. Um, The more you progress through tournaments, I think it becomes mental, especially if if you talk about day eight, nine and ten and you're getting to that quarterfinal, semifinal, final. um, Sometimes pressure gets to you, especially as kids. So, again, there's an uncomfortable, uncomfortable scenario for you to be thrown in. How do you deal with that pressure of getting to the final? One, you've done all the work to get there um, and it's maintaining your standard. But... For me, Michael, I've always flipped it and I've always said to myself, well, now I'm just gathering momentum. So I've played the three or four group games. I've played the quarterfinal. We've now got a chance to get in the final, but I'm just starting to feel good now because I've played four or five games. I know my distance. I know my position. I'm, I'm in my routine and I'm gathering momentum. So for me, that's massive.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think uh, one of the things I'm just thinking about in regards to like with tournaments and the, and the mental aspect type of a thing is that When we're talking about youth players, um, especially adolescents, in in my opinion, like, you know, like start talking about like 12, 13, 14, 15 type of a thing. Um, You know, a lot of the players, they they're so concerned about what other people are going to think. And, you know, as a goalkeeper in a tournament environment, like one mistake or or one bad decision could lead to you exiting the tournament. And now the parents, oh well, you know, our goalkeeper or, you know, the, the players, man, you know, I, I had two assists and so and so couldn't keep it out of the net or, or or type of thing. Like, what advice do you give to young goalkeepers who feel this immediate pressure like it's all on them? Like what 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 do you say to them?
1: I think one of the things, Michael, is is being in that scenario, in that situation a couple of times helps because you've now felt it previously. Um so you're going again. Almost. So the fact that you then can say, right, I've been here before, I've done this and it worked, or I've done this and it didn't work, so I'm going to change that. So being there previously, I think I think helps based on your experience. Um, but like I said, if you have that chance to strive and, and and impress, for me, I think you need to be able to feel and and, and be confident whatever action that you take. And own it, basically, is one of the other things that that I would say. And, you know, we all know it's not easy being a goalkeeper because it's so individualised, um, especially if you, if you let one in that you shouldn't have let in. And it's tough because you might touch the ball again for 10 minutes, but you know the last time you touched the ball that it was your fault and, and that was a goal. Um, and it can't be easy, but if you get the success for that three months down the line, you see the benefit of that when you become a better person and you don't make that mistake again. You get the success then. You don't get it whenever the mistake happens. And it's really, really tough when you see young kids make their mistakes. Um, It's tough, but they do become a better person for it later on down the line.
0: And I think I think you know one of the things that I, I want a lot, a lot of parents to hear right now. And we're going to be talking about mental health in the the, the parent symposium, you know, later uh, this afternoon on the on the Union app. For those of you guys who are in the United States, it might be a little difficult for you guys to watch in in Europe at five thirty Pacific time. That might be the middle of the night for you guys. Uh, but we'll try to do something for for the European audience very soon. Um, is that the, the 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 fact of the matter is that mental health is just so massive when it comes to When it comes to young, young goalkeepers and the more and more we can make them, you know, feel comfortable to, to make mistakes. Like you're always talking about Connor, um, to give them the reps in these types of environments, these tournaments, the more tournaments they can do, the better off they become a bit. And also that parents understand that, yes, these tournaments are high pressure, but they really don't mean anything. These are part of the journey of the goalkeeper. Like nobody cares. Whether Northern Ireland won the U seventeen, you know, MLK Cup, you know, uh, like, like they they don't like. I mean, you guys do because you have pride and you're t- teaching the players to win and to be able to 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 compete in a tournament. But in the in the long run of the goalkeeper's journey, it's just part of the process, right?
1: Yeah, no, definitely is Michael, and 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 something that, that it doesn't matter three years down the line. That you know, why why worry about it just now? Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And, you know, like, like I said, that coming through that, coming through the other side of that for me is, is more important than, than going and winning the tournament. You know, for, I actually like seeing my goalkeepers make mistakes because I, I see how they act. I see I, I see how they, how they change and, and your job as a coach to guide them. But one of the things for the parents for me is as a club or as association, create the environment and create the culture you know, and, and for me, that, that's massive. That's if you create the environment and have the culture that goes a long way and you'll get the benefit of that 12 months down the line when your kid is striving, you really will.
0: So I got a question for you. Uh, What age do you think it's, it's important for if you're a, if you're a young club coach, you know, a team coach to start, uh, you know, entering your, your, your teams in tournaments, would you say what 12, 13 or, or younger?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, speaking on my, my own experience, Michael, we, we would take our under-10s away with even, you know, and it's not sort of abroad. It might even just be down to England, from Scotland, for an example, to play in a four-team tournament and, and play against teams that, that we would deem would be on par with us. So, yeah, I, I think as, as early and as, and as young as you can. Um, and I think you, you do see a lot um, with kids and you do learn a lot um, some of the things that get thrown at you I think even as a parent that you need to deal with I think challenges you um, even when you send the kids away for me one of them might be that, that they've never actually been away from home before so that might throw you that might catch you so how do you deal with that if you've got a kid needing his mum or dad when he's on the other side of the world you know it can't be easy um, but yeah but now nah, definitely I think as young as, as, as 9 and 10 definitely get them out and um, you know I, they're, they're there because they want to become professional footballers at the end of the day. um, so you're, you're, they might end up on the other side of the world at one stage. And if you can introduce that as early as you can, you know, you'll you'll see the ones that, that, that love it and enjoy it and you'll see the ones that struggle, but it's how you guide and help them through that.
0: You know, I I, I love one of the things that you just said right there in regards to even with the, the under 10s, like even just going somewhere to England. And it's just making me think of like the, the more and more experience you have, playing against competition. That's not in your backyard, the better off you're going to be in the future because it's, it you're, you're not going to, it's not going to be as foreign to you for lack of a better word. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm even thinking about like showcase environments, like obviously here in the United States, university football is massive here in the United States. And a lot of, a lot of young players here, their goal is to get to university football. And a lot of times they'll go to these college ID showcases and they've only been around goalkeepers and they're, their local area. And they've only been around field players in their local area. And now they're in an environment with players they don't know, um, a level maybe that's higher than they've ever seen before, or, you know, or just different coaches that are different and they really, really struggle. Um, so I'm just thinking like, just by that stretch of the imagination to have a nine-year-old already comfortable with that, by the time they're 15, it's going to be a very different story, huh?
1: Yeah, no, of course. And, and I think going into the unknown, Michael, is is important. Um, Like you said about going into your environment where it's a different college or it's a a different county, whatever it is, for me, it's important because you can actually see what's ahead of you. So you might actually see a kid at your age, if you think you're the best in your college, you go to a different college and you see a kid the same age as you and you go, Wow, he's a lot better than what i am so sometimes there's a bit there's a bit of reality in there too and it might actually just give you that wee edge to go actually i'm not as good as what i thought i did and at the age of 13 14 15 when the body's starting to change and and that's important for me that that it might actually just give a kid that wee bit of grit and determination to work that wee bit harder but he thought he was maybe one of the best
0: yeah you know and i i'm just i'm just thinking i mean you're absolutely right about that because there's a lot of goalkeepers that In their, they're the best in their area. And because of that, they can just kind of skate along based on that. And they get an environment, they realize that there are people that are at a higher level than them. Then like, they're like, okay, so, uh, so now, now I've got to, I've got to, in order to be able to do what this person's doing, I got to put this type of work in. And, and, and it, and it just, it, it's going to only create a better goalkeeping community pool wise, like level wise for people like yourself, when you're looking at international selections, because now you got three goalkeepers, maybe one had a really high ceiling, but they never really, they never really in an environment that was challenging them. And, and now, because they've seen these other two, once they went to camp with you, now all of a sudden they're, they're a higher level goalkeeper. Um, I want to talk about Northern Ireland right here, um, because this is, this is the next session that you've got right here. Different environment because that was your Rangers club. This is international. I'm guessing you don't have the 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 access to all the players that you did there and the familiarity with those players. Um, so what's going on right here? Because this looks like it's a little bit more of isolation.
1: Yeah. So Michael, this is still actually a session at Rangers, but this is one that oh, I, have my bad. Done, okay. I have done with Northern Ireland. So for me, this is a match day minus one. So this is a sort of a match prep session, if you want to call it. And it's just basically, I know you spoke about previously about confidence building, and this is one of the things that I do that's controlled, and the goalkeeper's always um, basically in control of what happens, and he knows what's going on. So it's just three different serves from three different positions, really. It's a volley, a strike, and a half volley. And I'm just looking at his speed, getting from A to B, getting in line, getting down the line, and a save selection. And if I'm actually to progress this, um, this is now almost a wee bit more live and a wee bit more random. So this was based on opposition that, a lot of the goals came from outside the box so again just replicating the fate of trying to give them an idea of what they're going to face tomorrow and the reason why the ball's moving is if you look at the goalkeeper in the goal he's just making them these small adjustments to get in line and get in position. Um, and for me that's key especially at 17 and 18. Um, So yeah so this was based on an opposition that that basically scored from distance quite a lot um, and around the box but and mannequins in there, just to almost create something where it might take a deflection, just for reacting. And again, a massive one playing live. Michael, so if the ball comes off. We're still reacting off that ball because that's the game. This one yeah. here is just slightly different. So this is based on um, an opposition that basically got basically cutbacks and scored from six yard box. So again, just trying to recreate what the what they're facing the next day. And again, yeah. when I speak about playing live, this, this save here is is incredible. Uh, making a save here and then getting up and getting the next one and, and going again because, you know, for me, that, that's the game. And, and you need to give them them environments. You need to give them them challenges. And 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 if, if that happens in a game, a game, you're going great save. But it doesn't come by accident. It comes because you train it every single day.
0: Also, what I love about this 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 right here, you know, as, as we kind of come back to this here, you know, talking about – you know, um, and send. You know, um, you know uh, the the pressure of a of a of a you know elimination match in a tournament and everything like that is that, you know, every single action, it could potentially lead to either advancing or 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 being eliminated. So, the fact that they're way they, they chase and this is obviously it's not an orthodox save, but they're able to improvise in the moment and not give up and still be able to make a play right there. And and that's all that matters is keeping that ball out of the net in those, those, those types of moments.
1: Yeah, definitely Michael. And, you know, part and parcel of being a Rangers goalkeeper is making big saves and big moments. You know, there is a time where, where Rangers do play opposition and the goalkeeper might touch the ball for 20 minutes, but this might be the last minute of a game. And he's, he's, he's asked to pulled off a world-class save. So for me, that, that needs to be in the makeup of, of being a Rangers goalkeeper, for an example. And, and it's something that, that we look for uh, when we're developing.
0: I mean, and I I, I love here. Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say similar here, Michael, as well. Just playing live and and getting into line. And you know, I'm I'm quite lucky that I do have the facility and I, and I do have the, the the scope to do that. You know, you see drone footage there, you see GoPro footage in front of <laughs> the goal, behind the goal, and you know, I'm I'm quite lucky and fortunate to, to have access to that.
0: You know, I I want to say this in regards to like what you were saying with the Rangers. And also when you are preparing your goalkeepers, you know, for for different environments, your club situation is going to also be massively important in in, in regards to that. And I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the SPL in any way whatsoever, but Rangers historically has been a team that's been able to play a lot of possession in the SPL. Um and like you said, it, it's up to key moments uh, during during the season. However, most more often than not, they're going to be playing in, in 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 finals and semifinals, a cup competitions, and then in Champions League uh, or Europa League or anything like that type of uh, type of situation. So you're really trying to find goalkeepers that can handle getting three points in the Champions League as opposed to finding a goalkeeper that can get you three points against Dundee. Like, and not, not, I'm just using that as an example. I'm not, nothing derogatory towards Dundee in any way whatsoever, but you, you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, and I think, like I said, there's, it's, it's big moments and and big parts of games and, you know, to, to, to be a Rangers goalkeeper, you, you know, we've got the number, well, our number one at the minute is an England international um, and, and Jack button, you know, you, you who who has put in so much time and effort to get to what he is, and and for me that's the stature that that that, that we need and and what and what we want. Goalkeepers who have played in Europe that represented the country, um, because we've raised the standard and and raised the bar over the last three or four years, um, and for me it's uh, it's key, it's key.
0: Yeah, I mean, Conor, this has been awesome, man. I mean, this is this is this is really really great. I mean, honestly, like. I love the fact that you're so passionate about this type of stuff and um you know you're willing to share and, and everything like that because you know I think it's really massively important that we all like you were talking about, you know, learn learn from each other regardless of what level we're at. You know, I had the conversation the other day with a rec coach and said, if you see something, tell me because you know I'm not never gonna be like, oh well, I'm coaching at blah, blah, blah. So I know. Better than you do, or whatever. Like, no, you might see something I never saw before. Um, also, that rec coach one day might become a first team professional coach somewhere. You know, I, I don't know what that person's journey is going to be. Um, which kind of gets me to with 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 the whole thing with you doing the mentoring. First off, uh, before we discuss how you can do office hours with you and everything like that, um, why 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 did you want to to get involved in in mentorship and in a program like this?
1: Um, I'm a I'm an open book. Michael is is one thing I've always, I always have been. Um, I, I like opinions. I like people giving me my, giving me their opinion, whether it's a goalkeeper or a coach. And you know, I, I like detail. I like feedback. it's um, always how I have been as a as a player, as a person, regardless of what the situation is. And. You know I, I want to pass on my experience as a player and as a coach to, to somebody that has maybe been in the situation that, that, that I've been in and if I can just give them one wee nugget that, that might help them, then for me that's, um, that that's enough. Um, and also I, I want to experience what other people where people are at in their journey and, and, and how they got there. Um, because like you said, building relationships and, and and building a culture where we can all come together I think is is vital.
0: I I think it's massive, man. And in fact, you know, the fact that like, you know, uh, a young player or a young coach, you know, in, in Iowa here in the United States can connect with somebody of your ilk. Uh, and and, and worked and work together. I think it's it's just it's only going to make goalkeeping better as a whole. Um. So I'm I'm just going to kind of break down for people who might be watching this for the first time and 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 don't know what we're talking about. Uh, there is a platform it's called the Union Goalkeeping App. Uh, you can get it on Google Play stores, Apple stores, all those sorts of wonderful places. Um. What you do if you want to start signing up with mentors, very simple. Uh. You go on here when you register. Uh. There's two things. There's the Union Basic and Union Premium. Union Basic. That is uh, an, an an engagement forum kind of like your twitter or your facebook page or everything like that but where the real fun begins is in the union premium that's where you're going to have access to people like connor brennan and it's not going to be webinars or a masterclass type thing where you're just listening to him um talk to you uh you're actually going to engage with connor and you're actually going to be able to do things take office hours personally with him so you go into the platform uh you see one-on-one coaching you click one-on-one coaching and, uh, you find, uh, Connor Brennan, uh, in that schedule right there. So as you can see, he's available, um, uh, Tuesday, uh, on November 7th. So anybody who's listening right now wants to get a session with uh, Connor on Tuesday, November 7th, you can do that. You click on Connor's page. Uh, you see he's available right there. Boom. You get a little bit of a description of what he's all about, what his office hours are going to be and what his availability is going to be. Um, his availability is going to be probably more generous towards the European audience. So just, uh, bear that in mind, everybody. Um, you know, he's going to try to do what he can, but, uh, we're not going to up at three in the morning, you know, unless he really wants to do it. Uh, that's, uh, that's totally his choice. Um, content links are in here guys. If you want that again, uh, it's a very, very simple process. You sign up, it is $4.99 a month. I don't know what that is, uh, in euros apologize or in pounds. Uh, but, uh, it's very, very, very cost-effective or there's a 30 day free trial. If you want to try that as well too, and you'll have access not only just to Connor, but you'll have access to me. No, I'm kidding. You'll have access to me, but you also have access to unbelievable people in MLS NWSL, SPL, uh, the champions league Bundesliga, just really, really cool high level people. Uh, Goalkeeper parents community as well, to college players that you can work with on a mentorship basis, um, all sorts of really really cool things, um, and and that's that's basically my plug, man. And I'm honestly I'm just humbled and honored that somebody you know at your level who's been taking their education so incredibly uh, seriously is willing to give back and get get back into a program like this at this early stage. It means a lot to us, honestly, seriously.
1: Not at all, Michael. No, listen, I'm I'm happy to be on board and, you know, we've built up a relationship over a a period of time, over a few years. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes and uh, and let it grow and, and let it continue and dive right in with both feet, as I say.
0: Absolutely, guys, and and if again, if you want to reach out to Connor uh, on the platform, um, I believe it's at C Brennan ninety four. Is that what it is? Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's correct.
0: Yeah. So it's at C ninety four. Obviously, if you want to reach out to us uh, with a uh, a topic idea or a guest suggestion, it's at Goalkeeper Podcast on the Union Goalkeeping app, or contact it inside the eighteen mediacom uh, on email. Uh, but really, really DM me uh, on, on on the on the app because I'm trying to trying to stay as active on there as possible, and I'd really like to meet a lot of you people uh, on the platform and, and get feedback on what you guys are liking and 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 what what you're not liking because we're. Trying Trying to grow as well um, as we launched last week, um, Connor. Looking forward to this, man. We got—we still got to do our onboarding session. We still got to do our onboarding, uh, session. Do
1: yes. Our onboarding session. Yes, so, we we'll uh, do. We we'll do. We'll get there, Michael. We'll, we'll get there.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're a little busy. You're a little busy. Your parents were in town. You
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Of course. <laughs>
0: um, well, that's awesome, guys. Well, that's all the time on Inside the Eighteen, and we are out. Uh, stay on for a second, Connor. Later. Hey!